This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. we got to talk to you football of course because that's what we always do here on the Peristyle podcast today we're going to talk with the coach harvey hyde follow him on twitter at coach harvey hyde or go to his website harveyhyde.com for all of his content we're going to take uh, some of your questions on the show talk about some of the latest news and notes from usc spring football three weeks down two to go building up to the spring game on april 23rd if you have questions or comments for the show podcast at uscfootball.com that's our email address, or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. Leave us a text or a voicemail. Try to keep it brief, and we would love to play it for you on the air. And if you're following us on any of the podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, you can follow us there. Leave us a five-star rating, uh, review, anything, questions, whatever you put in there. We love to hear from you all. If you're on Spotify, too, you can leave a five-star rating there as well. And just you know, tell your friends, hey, we have this USC podcast that's been going on. Since 2008, and the coach and I have been doing it really that long, which is pretty crazy. We're back again getting ready for another college football season. Uh, finally finished the 2022 recruiting cycle. We'll talk about that a little bit. And we're going to do it all with the coach right now. Coach, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Well, thank you very much. I'm doing fine. Uh, a little change in weather here in the West Coast from 100 degrees or 97 degrees to a Monday here in the 60s, and I had uh, an early morning meeting. It was in the 50s to a little drizzle in uh, my area of town. And, of course, uh, I always know when it's going to rain because I get my car washed the day before. <laughs> so, you know, Brian, it's uh, great to be back, and it's great to be with all of our listeners out there. And, again, we thank you very much for being a part of our podcast. For sure. Thank you for being a part of it. Uh, we got a bunch of news from USC football, the the practices out on the field. We'll talk a little about that. Coach, anything that uh, stood out to you, but we really want to start with the recruiting side. We don't do a ton of recruiting here, but there was one big fish left in the class of 2022. As you know, USC had a small class with the transition to Lincoln Riley. Only had a few weeks to put together uh, a high school recruiting class, pretty much reworked the whole thing, brought in a couple studs uh, late. And, you know, there was one left, Josh Connerly, the five-star Offensive tackle from Seattle that looked like was going to end up at USC and took a last-minute unofficial visit to Oregon before he made his announcement on Friday. Uh, most of their crystal balls uh, from 24-7 Sports were in for USC. Brandon Huffman, who's been following his recruiting tremendous, you know, very closely, 
dropped his confidence in the crystal ball down late um, after that unofficial visit to Oregon. And Connerly announces uh, live on our CBS live show that he was picking the Ducks uh, over the Trojans. So big blow there. I think USC's fine as far as recruiting goes. Um, they've had they've struggled uh, in recent cycles to get the top offensive linemen. Uh, on the West Coast for sure. Uh, I think that's something Lincoln Riley can change. You felt it might change a little early with Connerly because I, I don't think USC was the favorite early on, uh, but then it sort of shifted towards, hey, it looks like he's going to come down to Los Angeles, uh, but now he's staying up in the Pacific Northwest and will be attending the University of Oregon. Coach, I wanted to get your thoughts on that, if you had any thoughts. Well, I do. Uh, first of all, it's a dangerous thing to have a a unofficial visit at the end when you're in on somebody and he uh, goes to that school, that's the last thing he remembers. And they're making the last big push with him and negotiating probably all the NIL deals and everything else and telling him why he should be a duck. And then again, if you're a duck and that's the position that you're playing, that he's coming in immediately, you better look for going to the portal because he's probably going to think they've told him he's going to be a starting tackle. And that happened. One of their tackles there, who was uh, hoping to be, uh, be play that position, uh, went into the portal. So there's goods and bads about the whole situation. I think that you've got to realize that the coaches at USC are more into a position of knowing exactly what's happening during the daily talks and conversations. Uh, they can't discuss it with you. But I think in the long run, Ryan, I think that, you know, you can't get everybody. you got to get your share. And now you can use that one of two ways. You can use it as a positive and telling the young man, hey, listen, if things don't work out for you, you've always got a home here. We want to wish you the best of luck. We wish you were in our colors, but you're going to be in the Ducks' colors. But if anything doesn't happen right there or come through, we'll take you with open arms. So you always leave that door open. And with the portal there now, it could work next year or any other time. Plus, it gives another young man the opportunity to know that there still isn't an opening uh, at that tackle spot. When you go out recruiting, you're you're still looking for a tackle or many tackles, and it, it's good for you there. But I think what it disappoints the most is, sure, the coaches are disappointed. They spend a lot of time on it. But I think the fan base is the one that's the most disappointed, but the fans are so excited about recruiting now. And the fans uh, listen to the services and read all the newspapers that I really believe that the fans get more disappointed in it than, than actually the coaches do themselves because it's this buildup of, oh, he's going to announce this day, it's going to happen, and then when they don't get it and they think they're going to get somebody, then the fans more or less are the ones that are more di- disappointed than anybody else. No, I, I agree with you there, Coach. There was, uh, I wouldn't say, if you asked USC fans a couple months ago, they didn't think they were going to get a guy like him, and then everything sort of shifted towards he was going to come to USC, so you get the expectations or uh, higher, and then he doesn't end up coming. So, yeah, they like, yeah, I think it was an issue for the fans. But you're right, this, this will be addressed uh, in the portal. Um, you know, we, we've heard from Lincoln Riley multiple times that they're going to add, you know, more players, double-digit players uh, after spring football. Maybe there would have been less emphasis on getting a tackle or maybe they were going to get one and now they're going to get two. Whatever it is, um, there's going to be uh, – they will try to address this through the transfer portal. And I think it was a good point too. You can't just turn your back on any recruit that signs somewhere else because 
they could be back in in the fold, you know, the next year or not even that long. Um, you know, few practices, whatever it is, and they don't like it where, where they are, they could move on. Uh, so with the transfer portal, like you can never really give up. Uh, it's just sort of like you lost for now, and maybe you'll get him later on if you really want him. No, really, that's the way it works. It it worked away. Even when I was coaching, I would tell us somebody that, uh, you know, we wanted you here. We're going to miss you, but we want to wish you the best of luck. But remember, you always have a bed in our house. Yeah. And um, whenever you want to come and sleep in that bed, we've got a clean sheet for you. Nice. Uh, there was some good recruiting news uh, that just popped this morning. We saw Lincoln Riley tweet out the fight on emoji. Um, and that usually means there's some sort of commitment. And we did learn this morning that it was uh, Long Beach Poly linebacker Dylan Williams. Um, so he is a four-star linebacker. Um, there's uh, So Jason Robinson Jr. is also from uh, Long Beach Poly, who's uh, one of USC's four-star commitments, along with athlete. He's a wide receiver. And then athlete Aaron Butler so USC has uh, now the number two class in the 2024 cycle, uh, right behind uh, Florida State. So obviously the 2023 class is is only three players deep right now, but they're all five stars. Uh, they got some quality players in the 2024 class. So this is where you thought Lincoln Riley was going to be building towards. So get a little good news, I guess, Coach, after uh, the bad news on Friday of Josh Connerly uh, going to Oregon. Well, that's the way it is. There's ups and downs. There's winning and losing and everything you do. You just hope, like I said a while ago, all you need is your share. And if your share is the right ones and the right players that fit into your program and are dedicated and are the kind that want to come to your school and want to be a Trojan, you don't have to talk them into being a Trojan. They want to be a Trojan and they got great athletic ability. You're already at the uh, recruiting stuff. You know, I think that we'll kind of kind of put a bow on that. You make sure you check out uh, Chris Trevino, Gerard Martinez are doing recruiting podcasts probably every other week or so. The uh, Two Star Composite podcast they get into a lot of details on the recruiting front, so you make sure you check that out. Same feed, Peristyle podcast, but uh, Chris Trevino and Gerard Martinez have been doing those fairly regularly. So we're going to move on to the team stuff, which we mostly talk about here. And we have three weeks of USC spring football down. If you just, if you're not really paying attention to what's going on, uh, they're having the same sort of practices we've had in years past where it's a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday schedule. Uh, the only difference is for us is the limitations. We can't attend Saturdays. Uh, we can only attend the first 20 minutes of the Tuesdays and Thursday practices and kind of watch as they go through stretching and some individual drills. Then we leave, and when we come back, we can interview players and coaches. The interview parts have been great. We've been able to talk to lots of players, lots of coaches, all of them, basically. Uh, all the transfers were available. Uh, so it's been good as far as uh, being able to talk with the coaches and players and kind of figure out what's going on. Just haven't been able to watch as much in person and get a feel for, like, uh, really what's going on out there. But more than halfway done, Coach. Just wanted to get some of your Anything that's stuck in your head uh, from what, you know, watch what's been going on at USC spring football this spring. Well, first of all, uh, you've probably talked about this on, on your other podcast. I don't know. I love the way they're going straight through and there's no break in the middle. You're saving two days of practice right there along alone uh, because, first of all, 
the last practice before spring break, the players can't uh, concentrate. They got to get out of there. They got their boats. They got their trips planned. Their vans are all packed. Or they got their plane reservations, and they don't think about football for one week. Okay. Then they come back and they're all sunburned and they forgot what you worked on the two weeks prior. So you got to use another day to bring them back into the fold of what's going on. So this isn't the case. It's like a regular season. You go the same procedure week after week after week. It's like a winning type of season that you don't want to buy because everything's going well. And I think Curly right now practices satisfactory as far as the coaches are concerned. Everything is positive. So why break it up? Why have some week off where something can happen and so on? So I really like what he's doing. I did the same thing when I coached. Uh, Let's go through it like it's a season. Let's get it done. Get yourself ready to play for these four weeks. Don't get hurt or it'll be over with. You won't get a shot. So I really like what they're doing here. And also what I've liked is there always used to be an injury report. Everybody... This guy's hurt, and that guy's hurt, and this guy's got a toenail uh, uh, hangnail, and uh, this guy, and this guy's got upper this and upper that. I don't hear any of that this year in the reports. It's absolutely fabulous. It's fabulous not to hear people, poor me, poor me, poor me, going on out there with all the trainers or hamstrings or all the things why people can't play. You're talking about people who can play. And that's the difference of a team is people want to play and can play, and they don't want to miss a practice because they're going to be behind and they got to earn their spot. So I like the conversation there an awful lot, and I also like the conversation. It's been more physical. I haven't seen the physical part, but if it is more physical, their bodies are becoming, and you've heard me talk about this over and over and over, more accustomed to carrying their uniform more accustomed to contact, more accustomed to hitting a moving target. All of the above are things that make you a better football player. So, so far, all the things I've heard from interviews from the coaches and from the players, it's going the positive way, and I think that's what we've all been looking for. 100% coach, and uh, they did do a scrimmage uh, Tuesday of last week, uh, scrimmage portion of practice. Um, We've heard a lot about the physicality, and there's sort of – some comments from different players, and we heard from a couple offensive players this last week. I mean, I was talking to Kyle Ford, uh, the the wide receiver, and he had talked about you know expanding what their roles were as receivers at, as blockers, and he said he relish, he loves that because he's a bigger receiver and he he loves going out there and blocking. So it seemed like there was more emphasis on that. Uh, and Miller Moss talked about. They actually practice red zone plays. Instead of, I mean, they were pretty bad in the red zone uh, before, and it didn't sound like, from what Miller Moss was saying, that there was any kind of specific red zone, um, you know, practice portions of practice where that hey, this is what we're working on the red zone stuff right now. These are the plays we're going to run in the red zone. It just seemed like it was the same, same thing. And, you know, when you get to the red zone, everything gets compact. Uh, you talked about this before. You want to see, you know, goal line stuff, offensive line trying to push the defensive line around punch the ball in. Uh, I think that's all kind of part of it. So it, it seems like coach that they're some of that stuff is going in the right direction as far as what they're working on in practice. And like you mentioned, the more you do that, then when it's a game, it's kind of old hat instead of that's the, you know, if you're trying to push someone on the goal line and you've ha- haven't done it since the previous season, uh, it's just not going to be the same. But if you do it in practice a lot, uh, that's going to help you. 
some of the things we've been talking about or we're talking about or they're talking about and like we're just talking about right now, we've been talking about for the last five or six years. I mean, uh, some of the, the things that we haven't heard of, uh, uh, all of a sudden we're hearing about. It's, it's football. It's like the last time. I wish they'd have been paying me $2 million a year, whatever they paid Graham Harrell or those other guys, to give them a little advice. Uh, I mean, really, you out there as listeners knew football about that. And when I heard the interview last week, I can't remember what back it was. But he said, Graham Harold used to tell us, if we didn't know the play, just run a swing route. Yeah, that was Darwin Barlow. What? That I was Darwin Barlow, yeah. Can you believe a quote like that? Not knowing the play, just run a swing route? I mean, how, how we don't do that around here? How unique or that type of statement coming out of a player's mouth is unbelievable to say that if you don't know what you're supposed to do in this play, run a swing route. I mean, I've heard it all now. Yeah, that's <laughs> that. One, there's been some. I, I feel like the players aren't trying to bash uh, the Helton regime at all, but sometimes they'll say something that you're just like, "Oh," uh, and that you know, I, I'm I'm not saying Darwin Barlow was trying to say how poorly that was run, but when you say it la- that way, you're like, "Oh, you know what you're doing? Just run a swing route." Uh, that's fine. And coaches like yourself are just going to like pull their hair out. Like, how can that be a thing? Uh, and you know, you were trying to give the, you know, Graham Harrell the benefit of the doubt where the playbook, you could learn it, you know, in an hour and, uh, install the whole offense in three practices. So in spring football, you could install the whole offense five different times. Um, you know, and, but there was some criticism of that. And then when you kind of see the results, uh, after that first year, things dropped off significantly and, uh, the, you know, what some of the players are saying now, it, it kind of makes sense. Like, wow, that. You know, if you're if you're to say we're not we're going to do the same thing in the red zone we do in the middle of the field, and you score a bunch of points in the red zone, you're like, okay, your philosophy is working. If not, then you're like, well, that's a questionable philosophy to begin with, and you're not getting the results. So you probably shouldn't be doing that. You probably need to have specific red zone packages because that's what most people do. And um, when you don't have success, I think the criticisms can become even louder. And you know, there's a lot of criticisms of of the Clay Helton era, the last few years, all of that. And now hearing from some of the players, Coach, it just it kind of makes sense. Well, it does make sense. Because, you know, players have been playing football for a long period of time, and they understand the game, and no one's ever made that type of statement to them. And when you run the air raid attack, or whatever you call that attack they ran, you know, when you have a lot of field, you have more room to do a lot of that stuff. And you've heard me say this year, week after week, but when you close the field down, you don't have that much room to do that. I mean, you've got to have other methods as far as keeping the defense honest on what you do. And they didn't do that anywhere on the field as far as I was concerned. So, But the red zone is the one that had the biggest statistic that proved what I was saying was right. Yeah. Um, we wanted to talk about another aspect that kind of changed a little, I guess, a new tradition. Uh, the gold-plated, um, you know, the, they're basically every player comes into spring football with a plain Cardinal helmet, they don't have the logo on the side. And if you work hard, impress the coaches, you know, do your job, they will. you can get awarded that logo. If they felt you earned it, you would get that logo. And they call it being gold-plated. You get a T-shirt. They've had former players come. Like, you know, Taylor Mays is there. He could give you your gold plate. Matt Leinart was there this past week. 
He could give you a gold plate. Um, it's hard to see a lot of the helmets because they're wearing these. Most a lot of players are wearing these pads on top of the helmet, so you can't really tell if they've been gold plate or not in a lot of cases. Um, but I don't know if you've done something like this before, something similar, Coach. Any thoughts on this sort of, you know, kind of a motivating tool, I guess, from the coaching staff for the players? I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great because it signifies who's being a player and who wants to be and who wants to make the uh, effort to be a Trojan and the new uh, foundation you're building there. I think it'd be embarrassing not to have one. And I like the statement that he said or someone asked him the question, Coach uh, Lincoln uh, Riley said, uh, he says, well, what if you don't have one? Where they said you probably won't be here at the end of spring. I think that's great because players know exactly what's expected of them. And if you're not showing the effort just on the football field, you might be playing well on the football field, but maybe everything else you're doing is not at that lead level that he wants. Well, you might get a, you know, you might get uh, go to every meal and you're eating like everybody else. and You're going to every uh, training table or every academic advisor meeting, but you're not playing on the field. Well, that's a, that's an area you're playing on the field. That's an area that counts. So it's trying to make you a complete person and trying to make you what it's all about. Come out and earn your strikes. And I think this is really good. And I love having the former players coming back. So it familiarizes these young players who don't realize the tradition of USC who these guys really are. Take a look at these guys. These are football players, guys you're looking at. These are pampered guys that came up through the system of mom driving them to every camp and all the other things and coming to practices. These are guys that are football players that scrimmaged every day, 20 practices in the spring, and it was what you called survivorship. Whoever survived this spring was a football player. And I think now that's what he's trying to bring now into the program at USC. It's a pride, tradition, all the things that have been lost over the last several years as far as what USC football is all about. So I think it's great. I think that players should understand what the goals are. And I think this is a way of showing it that somewhere you're missing it, kid, because you're not getting it done or living up to the standards what we expect. And I think you've got to be stringent on that, stay with that program. And at the end, a kid knows, maybe I ought to transfer. I didn't get the, I didn't get the golden plate or whatever it is. And, uh, and, and I think that's what you want to do. You don't want players on a team that can't contribute. Yeah. Uh, all right. We, uh, one last topic, and we'll jump into questions. Uh, the NFL draft is coming up April 28th to the 30th. It's going to be in Las Vegas. So that's kind of cool. A uh, little wrinkle. We've seen uh, that you know some of the USC players at the NFL Combine. We've also uh, seen the USC Pro Day. The one player we haven't seen uh, yet is Drake London, so he's still recovering, you know, from his injury, uh, you know, against the against Arizona, like game eight of the season. Uh, he was supposed to do one, I think it was two weeks ago, and then I was going to do it this week. They've moved it again, so his pro day is going to be Friday, April fifteenth, uh, over on Howard Jones Field. So we'll be out there. Checking that out, he's probably going to be the first Trojan uh, drafted, uh, followed by Drake Jackson. So the two Drakes are probably going to be the guys that are up there. But hopefully, we can see. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping he's able to, re, you know, be fully recovered and and be able to show what he can do. I think he's still going to be drafted based on his 
uh, production in college. But if he does get uh, the ability to show he can work out and he's fairly healthy, I think that's going to help his draft stock too, Coach. But I look look forward to see what Drake London can do. Just a great kid. And, uh, you know, like I said, probably going to be the first Trojan picked uh, when the NFL draft happens later in this month. Well, you always want to be- wish your players the best of luck as far as in the draft. This is a, a very exciting time of the, their life as far as seeing if they're going to play on Sunday. And today with the money in the NFL, it's it's more exciting, too, to see what your bank account is going to look like. But I think on the other side of it, uh, that's what really is scary, especially when you're an injured player, because if someone's going to take you in the first round and pay that kind of money, then you can't be a bust. If you're a bust, I'm a bust. I'm not going to be around long as a head football coach or director player personnel. So I think it makes it a lot harder on Drake London as far as in the, he's in the twilight zone. What I mean is, should I, go to, should I go out and work out? Could I tweak it again? Should I? What can I do or what I shouldn't do? How healthy am I really? And these, this is really what they, you know, the draft two weeks away, this is what these guys want to find out. And unless he can give that 100% effort and his speed is there and all the things and they're going to make him do some cutting, things that he won't want to do, you really don't know how strong it is until really you get hit. So some people will think we're taking a chance on him. Some people will think, no, we're not taking a chance on him. Some people will think there's a lot of great receivers in this year's draft, so we're going to pass because of that and take another receiver. So it's going to be really interesting to see just what happens with Drake London. And he's a good kid. It's unfortunate he got hurt, but it changed the whole USC Trojan football offense and year because uh, that was what they were doing, throwing him to the ball all the time. And and uh, it's too bad that he was injured. But, uh, again, I want to wish him the best of luck. But when you look at it, uh, as a head football coach, as a personnel director, you've got these questions in your mind on what you should do. And that's why it's even a little scary as a kid as far as what's going to happen on uh, the draft day. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, get to some questions. Back in a minute. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Coach, we are back. Going to answer a few questions and get out of here. Looking forward to week four of USC Spring Football. Uh, first up, we got a voicemail from our buddy Curtis. Hi, Curtis from Moreno Valley. Calling about this lineman. I watched the, uh, the telecast when he picked Oregon. You see, um, Peristyle, these young kids, uh, you never know what they're going to do. Right now, we need to go in the transfer portal and get linemen, offensive and defensive, and maybe two more quarterbacks for depth. That's all we need right now. We'll start getting the high schoolers, the left tackles, and, and whatever kind of linemen we need from high school next season, the upcoming class. But right now, that kid just loves the uniforms. Don't worry about it. We'll be fine. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Well, Curtis, I sort of discussed that a moment ago, and uh, we're both on about the same page. you got to move on. You can't spend time talking about the players you lost. you got to spend time talking about the players you're going to get. And I think that's where you are, and that's where you're headed as far as you know, uh, moving on with the football program, recruitment, and the whole package. You know, the coaches are disappointed, but I think the fans are more disappointed than anybody else because they have all this great anticipation something like that's going to happen, and it doesn't always happen. So uh, <clears throat> I think that's where we are there. And like we talked about, that kid, who knows what's going to happen with that kid as far as maybe wanting to come back again. So we'll just play that by ear and continue going, buddy. And uh, that's right, you got to go. If you're going to get big time players, you got to play big time and you got to recruit big time and and uh you're going to get some and you're not going to get some when you're going after big time players. You know, if you're going to go after players that that can't play or they're tweeners, then you're going to get them. But if you're going to go after big time players, you're not going to get them all. You just want your share. Yeah. Uh, Curtis, funny. I just, I drove through Marino Valley, uh, yesterday, I guess I was coming back from Palm Springs and I did see the Marino Valley thing. And I always think of Curtis from Marino Valley. Um, we got an email rather long one. It's from Jonathan, but this is an international email. He's from Australia. So, Hey, let's, uh, we'll, we'll entertain him. Uh, he says, Hey guys, love all the podcasts. Please keep them coming. Just want to point out, I believe Ryan made some comments in regards to Aussie punter, Ben Griffiths being, 31, and there was a joke by one of the reporters who thought he was 36. He says, we Aussies are pretty much born with a football in our hands, and we grow up. That's why we have so many uh, players coming through the ranks into college. The pioneer for this pathway was a player by the name of Darren Bennett. He was 30 before he started for the Chargers in 1995. Uh, he actually signed in 94 and went sent to NFL Europe. Um, he was that good that he only played half of the 90s and was still named to the all-90s team. So my point is, there's still plenty of time for Ben uh, to be the best he can be in the NFL. Yeah, we'll wish him luck there. Hopefully he has a nice career there. And so he has a bunch of questions. I'll kind of do these one at a time. 
First question is, he said, is there a known stance by Lincoln Riley, assistant coaches or USC in general, uh, to use to, to have two star sport athletes or sports star athletes like Zach Branch plays, you know, runs track and plays football. Roderick Pleasant, the running back uh, prospect that USC is recruiting. He's also a track person. Uh, Deuce Robinson, baseball and football and others. He said if they wanted to try and excel and reach that higher level. Do you know anything? Would Lincoln Riley be opposed? Um, having playing two sports. Any any thoughts on that one, Coach? Well, I don't know what Lincoln uh, Riley's uh, philosophy is. I know that uh, I was not against it if that person was going out for that sport because that sport could score points. And that kid could become a, a better technique runner, and they could teach him uh, how to stay in condition. Because in track, when you go out for track, you're getting pretty good shape. And uh, if you remember back in the era of John McKay and so on, O.J. Simpson, uh, McCullough, a lot of these guys did both sports. And uh, they they would actually practice spring practice and go out and run on Saturday and uh, score points. And uh, I wouldn't be against it if it's helping your other uh, partners in the, in the athlete department, your track and field team. Uh, you remember Anthony Davis actually came to USC on a baseball scholarship and uh, turned to football. He was a first-round pick. I can't remember by who, St. Louis or somebody, in baseball and played both. Mike Garrett played both. In the past, a lot of players played both. And uh, it just depends what the philosophy is of your coaches, how they work together in the athletic department how deep you are at that position because if he's not if you're not very deep at that position you can't allow that player to be gone for the spring but there's ways of working that out in certain situations and depending how you recruit an athlete if a guy is a tremendous athlete a great football player and he says I want to run track too and I'll consider USC then you have to decide if you want to make him that commitment and if you're willing to make him that commitment then you're willing to do that. And uh, I think that's uh, basically a coach's philosophy. He also said, would it ever be used as an incentive in recruiting? Uh, he said an example, like a Josh Connerly Jr. plays both basketball and football for Rainier Beach. Um, he said, you know, is there something where you could do that? Like we've seen, you know, uh, Drake London uh, start off playing some basketball too and then was mostly football. Uh, we've seen Adoree Jackson uh, run track. We've seen some other players do that as well. Uh, your your body's going to be different when you're training for football as opposed to running track. Um, even you know, for if you're doing basketball, uh, you're probably going to be lighter than what you'd want to be for football. But I think you know it. It could potentially be a, an incentive for recruiting. But just so everyone knows, like the, you can't come in and be like, "Oh, I'm on the the basketball team, and then I'm going to play football." You have to start off. You have to be at a football scholarship unless you stay at that sport. I believe it's like two years, and then it'll roll over. But um, you can't like bring in people and like, oh, he's going to play on the uh, basketball team, and then it's a free scholarship for football. It doesn't work like that. Uh, football is going to trump all the other sports. If you're going to switch over, you have to go from football and, and play the other ones. But you're you're going to be on the football scholarship unless you've been at that sport, like I said, for a couple years. You're right. You're exactly right. And uh, uh, if you're if you're a football player, 
basically you're a football player, and it's tough to go and make it as a starter on the basketball program, okay? You have that love in high school, but you're able to do it because of the competition. But when you get into college, the competition is much steeper, stiffer. Track and field may be okay. Basketball, I doubt it. But, uh, you know, again, it comes under the recruiting philosophy of the coaches and what they want to do there. Uh, I encourage it on the lower levels, like the community colleges and high school, but not really on the uh, major level when I coached. Yeah. Um, He also wanted to know, do you think we'll ever see a genuine two-sports star again like Bo or Dion? Um, I mean, Kyler Murray has the potential, right? He was a first-rounder or – Oh, Kyler Murray. Okay, yeah. So that's funny. Like shotguns in the studio, and he's like Kyler Murray. Uh, Mario Williams played baseball, and he was recruited by Riley too. So uh, another one. Thank you, shotgun, for the assist there. Um, but yeah, like Kyler Murray. I mean, if he gives up football at some point, and he was a first round pick, or was he the number one pick, or was he like he was like the seven pick or something? Um, high first round pick. He could go and become a baseball star right now. But any thoughts on? Do you think there'll be another two sports star? I don't know. Uh, I'm glad you thought of that because that is true. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I was surprised he took football. I thought he'd take baseball, Tyler Murray. Uh, he's a great baseball player. Probably would have made more money. I don't know. Baseball, depending on how really good he is, but he loved the game of football and he had great success in the game of football. So he stayed with it. So I don't know. I don't know if you're going to see that again. You probably will. I don't want to say never on anything. You'll see it again somewhere. Yeah, probably at some point. Um, he's also, there was a long email from Jonathan. Uh, it comes a long way, so maybe I put a lot of words in there. Uh, he had written a letter to like the USC Athletic Department. Uh, there's been some talk about you know the USC's deal with Nike. Um, and there's some, like UCLA has the Jordan brand, I believe now. They had the Under Armour deal before. Uh, he loves Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant's Los Angeles. He said USC's Los Angeles. He'd like to see USC have like the Kobe brand. I I believe there's 68 Nike teams in college football, so it's not really distinguishing yourself. The Jordan brand does that a little bit, um, but the Kobe brand could potentially do that too. Uh, any thoughts on that, Coach? I don't really understand that. I mean, I don't know what a Kobe brand is. I mean. Uh... You know, if it if it helps you in recruiting or it's better shoe, then yeah. If it's myself, I'm more worried about who wears the shoe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm more worried about that. I know Anthony Davis told me AD. I was talking to him the other day, and he was telling me he wore the first official Nike football shoe, and it was made for him personally. And he told me the whole story on how he went to John McKay, and John McKay said, "No, you're not wearing that shoe. You're not wearing that shoe. We have to have the Nike stripe on it." And it, or the other stripe, whoever they were with. And, and we wore black shoes. We don't wear white shoes. And so he finally talked him into doing it. And he says he's got pictures of the whole thing and copies of the shoe they made for him and the whole thing. So, you know, uh, if if the shoe, uh, Randall Cunningham did that to me too. I mean, when I had Randall, well, I was on the uh, board for pony shoes. I don't know if you remember pony shoes. We yeah. were a pony school. And Randall wanted to wear a Nike shoe. I said, Randall, you can't wear a Nike shoe. You got to wear a port port. Well, I can't play as well. My feet just don't wear. So I, he finally broke me down. 
and we wore he wore a Nike shoe, but what we did is fixed a Nike or Nike shoe with a pony stripe on it. That's the only way I'd let him do it. Nice. So uh, that's part of this. That's part of the contracts that we sign. You know, as far as with the with the uh, distributor. So, but they, you know, these guys come up with these things, and you know, sometimes they're psycho. These players, so <laughs> you got to give them their way. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's from Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan, for that email. He said, uh, "Please keep up what you're doing." And uh, he says, "We even got more elite punters down here in uh, Australia." He says, "There's hundreds of Jordan Mialtos down here." So, thanks, Jonathan, for the email. We got one last one from Don. Uh, he says, "I heard it read somewhere that Ronnie Lott cut off a finger so he could return to a game." What do you know about this comment? Good to see these former players coming to practice. Let's hope they keep it up. So Ronnie Lott was there, uh, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, but do you remember that story, Coach, where he had to cut yeah. off part of his, yeah, I, I think, think it was pinky true. or something? Yeah, that's a true story. Uh, he went ahead and played with it. I remember another story, too, was uh, Marlon McKeever. If you remember Marlon McKeever, now you guys are too young. He lost his finger. Uh, I forget what it was. They were driving along, uh, going to practice when he's with the Rams and put his hand out or something and, Got a caught on something and tore his finger off right at the middle of the finger. Hell, they just taped it up and he practiced. Uh, absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, uh, kids, <laughs> these kids sometimes, you know, pain is something that they can withstand. Competition is what they want. A little bit different than what it is today, and you probably wouldn't let a kid do that or practice today if that happened, or they wouldn't play in the NFL if that happened today because of the liability and all of the above. But I, I, that's a true story. I think that's a true story on, on Roddy Lott. Yeah, it's, it wasn't like a whole finger. It was like the like a tip. tip or, a yeah. yeah. But yeah. still, like, yeah, to, to return to the game, they went back yeah. in. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right, Coach. Well, three weeks down of spring football. Looking forward to uh, what did we ever see the last two. And then, of course, the spring game on April 23rd. Uh, thanks again uh, for coming on, Coach. We'll talk to you again real soon. I tell you, I'm really looking forward to that spring game. I really am. I'm going to tape it on television. Here's USC spring game on national television, and the same day across time town. Now, come on, UCLA. The Drake Stadium, the track field, no television. Same day, man. What's happening to that program over there? I know they beat USC bad, okay, but what's happened since? I don't know. That's the most quiet program. Sorry, all you Bruin fans, but it's the most quiet program in Southern California. Yeah. All right, Coach. Well, how about that? How about that dig? Little dig there. Uh, yeah, they did sign Chip Kelly to an extension, which I know a lot of UCLA fans aren't super happy about. But uh, he's there another four yeah, years. How about the How about the first three games? How do you like those? Those are the Cupcake Central. And then they then they want people to come out and support support them in the Rose Bowl. The fans aren't getting what the, what he's getting paid for, okay? And I like, don't get me wrong, I, I always stick up for coaches. You know that. Yeah. But I, and I stick up for them. But, heck, you've got to give your boosters, you've got to give your fan base, you've got to give the people at your stadiums you play in the support so people come out and support the Rose Bowl so they can keep the Rose Bowl for what it is with top, some type of public appearances. Why aren't they scrimmaging? Hey, I used to always go to Terry Donahue's and Toledo's and all their scrimmages in the in the Rose Bowl. It was awesome. 
In fact, that's the first time I met Tom Brady. He was on the sideline there with his kids at UCLA as a scrimmage in the spring. I mean, that's that's something you recruit around. I mean, think of USC recruiting now in the Colise- in the Coliseum on April the 23rd, and UCLA is recruiting at Drake Stadium. I mean, please, man, we want both teams in Southern California to play undefeated every year. Yeah, as uh, as you, I thought UCLA's spring spring game would be on Pac-12 Network. Oh, okay. it probably. Is. I don't. I haven't checked for sure. I never. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think most of them have been. USC is the only one that's on ESPN. It's like it's sort of like the. Yeah. You know, they want to see what Lincoln Riley's doing. So ESPN. I'm was glad like, you reminded put... me of that. Yeah. Uh, but you might be able to watch it or tape it on Pac-12 Network. I'll, I'll I can double check on that one. But I think they were broadcasting most of the games. There was three. Over the weekend, I think Arizona, Arizona State, and Stanford had their spring games on Saturday, uh, which I haven't Did checked out yet. Did you watch any of those? Did you watch I, them? I didn't get to watch. I was in I was in Palm Springs this weekend, so I'm going to try to watch this week uh, if they come back on again. Just check them out. You know, I like to take my notes, see what's going on, uh, do my podcast of champions, the Pac-12 podcast. I like to see what's going on in the spring games. Um, I agree. I agree. I tell you what, because I know what you look at at the spring, and I know what you come out and say. Are we that bad? Or are they are, are we that good? You really don't know, but you're hitting each other, and uh, you you just don't know what they really gauge on, you know what you accomplish and how good you really are. Yeah. All right, coach. Well, great stuff. Thanks for uh, jumping on again, and everyone else. We got a bunch more podcasts this week. Um, is there going to be a heard it uh, podcast? This- okay, no heard it. We're gonna have a, a composite two star podcast. Talk about recruiting. Chris Trevino and myself will be back uh, doing our podcast. Talk about what we've seen. That'll come up on uh, Wednesday, and we'll do our podcast of champions, the Pac-12 podcast I mentioned. Coming up in our live show, Tunnel Vision will be again on Sunday night. We had a really fun one last night with Shotgun Spratling in in studio. He's in town, so we got to see him come to practice and get him in studio for that show too. But we're back. We got a, a great new intern, Nicole. Sharon, she's been doing a great job with us, uh, instant analysis on the site and also helping out on the live show. So hope you guys can enjoy all that. You can find it all on uscfootball.com. For the coach, I am Ryan. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 